Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, June 25th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman weighs in on Juneteenth and medical marijuana. Then, atheists file a suit against Mississippi's In God We Trust car tags. And the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians combats vaccine hesitancy. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi's legislature isn't scheduled to meet again until next year, so some of the state's most compelling issues, from the broken ballot initiative process to Juneteenth to medical marijuana, are stuck in limbo. MPB's Desiree Fraser caught up with Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman yesterday at an event hosted by local nonprofit Canopy Children's Solutions. Over 3,000 children are in foster care in Mississippi, and um, that that's very difficult for the state to do that. It takes a court order and that kind of thing. We have another 3,800 that are in family care, uh, foster homes and those kinds of things. And Canopy has been a leader in diverting children and and parents into uh, working together versus having to go into the state's care. And there's an economic uh, part of that, of course, uh, but really the personal part was what I was discussing today and remembering Robert Kennedy's visit to Mississippi and how we have made strides and we have still work to do to make sure our children are fed and clothed. Um, Your thoughts on making Juneteenth a state holiday now that it's a federal one? Yeah, Congress uh, adopted that. I thought it was appropriate for them to look at that particular part of the the nation's history. And so from here, uh, there'll be bills in the legislature next year, I assume. Would you support it? I haven't seen any bills yet. I'm not sure. First thing to do is get all the bills and stuff in here, but... 
uh, I thought it was very appropriate for the uh, for the Congress to uh, adopt a national holiday. I thought I think that's appropriate. On medical marijuana, the state Supreme Court shot down the Initiative 65. Where do you see it going from here? Well, we have hearings on Monday, uh, and we had a hearing two weeks ago. Uh, we'll have. Uh, Senator Hob Bryan is, is directing those hearings. I visited with him today, and he's got a great lineup coming Monday. I encourage everybody to listen. We archive that now. You can listen at night if you're working during the day and can't hear it. It'll be an all-day affair. I think it starts at 1030, probably ends about 3 in the afternoon. So we're getting, gathering a whole bunch of information, and um, I trust Senator Bryan will bring forward good legislation. Do you expect a lot to change? There are things about Initiative 65 that you would do away with? Well, their organization in the first hearing that we had, their organization said there were, I think, significant gaps in 65. And so um, they, they proposed some things. I'm sure the legislature will want to consider a lot of things. They're discussing matters about, um, you know, how many people can grow it and, how, how, you know, whether or not you can opt out or not as a county. There, there are a number of different things. Uh, the economic consequences, Senator, I mean, uh, Dr. Dobbs told me that it, it would cost at least $10 million to operate uh, and function this. So there are a lot of considerations for them. And lastly, the ballot initiative um, for constitutional amendments. Are we going to see that coming up? Yes. Uh, I'm in favor of uh, a ballot initiative. I'm in favor of that. Uh, I don't think we need a special session because uh, it's not can't even have one until next November. So I think what we'll, we'll see... Um, That'll be up to the governor if he calls a special session on that matter or not. If not, then in January I expect we'll address a ballot initiative. I, I, I'm, I'm personally in favor of that. So we'll, we'll look forward to do that. Okay. Anything that you're really focused on that you have set your sights on for this upcoming session? Uh, not any one thing. There are a number of things. First of all, we've been given $1.8 billion by the federal government, whether we ask for it or not. So I want that to be spent not on one year or two years, but on one generation or two generations. I have met with 50 different boards of supervisors all over the state of Mississippi in the last six weeks with mayors, city councilmen, boards of supervisors. I spoke at the Board of Supervisors Convention about the fact that we have a unique opportunity to advance Mississippi that we will probably never have again. And so I am bound and determined that this be a transformational investment by Mississippi. Second, goes back to the ones we always talk about, education, roads, bridges, taxation will come up this year, uh, health care will come up again this year, managed care is up this year. There's a, there's a lot there's a lot to be considered, and we'll be, um, as you know, we, we don't duck from issues, so we'll be right up in the middle of all of that. Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for your time you. and the work that you do for the state. Thank you very much. It's a fun day at Canopy, a great organization. Coming up, a fight over free speech, God, and a rather homely license plate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. One television ad from Tate Reeves' 2020 gubernatorial campaign shows the then lieutenant governor in a 
pristinely paved suburban driveway hunched over the rear fender of a Jeep. With ceremonial deliberateness, he screws a bronze-colored car tag onto the vehicle's hatchback door. Mississippi has a brand new license plate, but the out-of-state liberals hate it. It's because of these four words, in God we trust. The liberals from California and Washington are threatening to take Mississippi to court just because of this license plate. I'm Tate Reeves. I know Mississippi's values are Mississippi's strength. Our next governor must defend our values every single day. The strong conservative in the race for governor is Tate Reeves. It took a few years, but Mississippi is indeed now headed to court over its license plate. That's thanks to a lawsuit jointly filed this week by local and national irreligious groups. They say the tag, which features Mississippi's In God We Trust state seal, violates drivers' First Amendment rights. Diane Ellis is an Ocean Springs attorney who's legal counsel on the suit. She speaks with MPB's Rob Lane. The issue is that... In order to get a plate that does not have In God We Trust on it, you have to pay the extra fee for a specialty plate. And even if you try to get a vanity plate, the vanity plate still has a state seal with In God We Trust. So you have to get a specialty plate. And if you obscure that, then that's a misdemeanor. So either you have to pay more money if, you're, if you can to get a plate that does not have the words in God we trust on it, or if you have to have the words in God we trust on it. Obviously, the suit that you have filed is specific and narrow, directed precisely at the license plates, but do you have a broader critique of how the state of Mississippi handles issues of religious liberty? Well, we are strictly asking the state of Mississippi in this case. I understand. Yeah, but yeah, Mississippi is all about religious liberty as long as your religion is Christianity. They are making no concessions to any other religious belief in the state. Tate Reeves in his post made it very clear that the state motto, the state flag, and the tags are intended to reinforce the fact that Mississippi has quote, good Christian values, unquote. There, there is no religious liberty in Mississippi. There is none. Do you mind me asking if you're an atheist? I am, I guess I would call myself a humanist. Do you feel as though you're pretty outspoken about your religious spiritual beliefs? And if so, how does that feel living and participating within a community in what most polling shows is the most religious state in the country. I am very outspoken, um, very outspoken about my beliefs. You know, I am not a Christian. I'm not going to be a Christian. I've never been a Christian. And the majority of Mississippians would assume that I have no morals because I don't, I'm not Christian. And that's, frankly, that's offensive to me. If you need a book to tell you how to act, then you have a problem with your morals. I don't. Governor Reeves, as I'm sure you're aware, during his campaign for governor in 2019 and 2020, and even now has made the license plate pretty clearly an ideological issue. 
He's said openly that he feels that the In God We Trust plate represents the views of true Mississippians and that it goes in the face of protestations from, quote, out-of-state liberals, unquote. Your thoughts? Well, I am not an out-of-state liberal. I graduated high school here, I graduated law school here, and I live here. And I'm a proud Mississippian. I love this state. So to assume that anybody who doesn't believe in God we trust is not a true Mississippian is just one more example of the fact that there is not, in fact, any religious liberty in Mississippi. Um, Your liberty ends up being Christian. Um, Otherwise, you are an outsider, and I'm not an outsider. But the reality is when you start excluding people based on their religious beliefs, then you're not supporting religious liberty in any way, shape, or form. If you personally could propose an alternate license plate design to the one that features the In God We Trust seal, what part of Mississippi's history or culture would you choose to highlight rather than the state's relationship with Christianity? Well, you know, this state has so much to offer and so many beautiful and remarkable things. We're the the home of the blues. We are the birthplace of the blues. That would be a beautiful tag. We have catfish. We're the catfish producer of the world. There's just so much you could do, pine trees, anything that would be inclusive of all Mississippians. And frankly, the tag we have right now, state seal or not, is just ugly. I believe in the lawsuit it was referred to as dirt-colored. Yes, I I refer to it as urine-colored. Some people call it mustard-colored. It's just an ugly color. And we we don't need to have ugly tags in Mississippi. Jeffrey Blackwell is litigation counsel for American Atheists, one of the plaintiffs in the suit. Asked whether this is America's first religious liberty case to involve a license plate, Blackwell points to a 1977 challenge brought by a Jehovah's Witness in New Hampshire. He objected to the uh, New Hampshire license plate, including the words live free or die. And for a time, he covered up the or die part of that state motto with tape and was uh, cited for defacing his his license plates. He then took the extra step of, if I'm not mistaken, taking a pair of shears to his license plate and cutting the or die part out of the plate, and he was cited again. He challenged the citations, and it went up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court concluded that, that a substantive message on a license plate, such as live free or die, is government speech and the government cannot compel someone through a threat of either criminal prosecution or any other means of coercion into sending the state's preferred message. Gotcha. That makes sense. Anything to say about the 2019 campaign ad for then Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves? Yeah, I'll I'll say I'd like to thank him for reiterating, especially after he tweeted it again yesterday, I'd like to thank him for assisting us in our efforts by pointing out that this is a substantive ideological message that the state intended to send by putting it on the license plate. So we appreciate his assistance. The Mississippi Attorney General's office could not be reached for comment. Coming up, a look at COVID-19 vaccination efforts in the Choctaw Indian community. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Low COVID-19 vaccination rates remain a concern throughout the Deep South, including within the Choctaw Indian community. MPB's Ashley Norwood speaks with Denise John, who's Director of Community Health for the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians. We are providing the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and just recently, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Of course, Pfizer is allowable for 12 years and up. How we conduct our clinics, we advertise individuals are encouraged to contact our public health services hotline. They share their personal information, such as their name, their date of birth, and a current telephone number that we can contact them. That information is shared with our schedulers, and the schedulers are the ones that will contact the patient to schedule them for a vaccine date. And some items such as, um, you know, which vaccine would they prefer, things like that. We encourage that because these vaccines are, a lot goes into prepping for the vaccine clinic. The vaccines itself are very sensitive. And we also encourage them to contact us to set an appointment as that helps us with preparing how many vaccines we may need on a particular day, things like that, because we definitely do not want to waste any of the precious vaccines that we have. We began back in January, I believe, for the general public, and we've we're very overjoyed and proud of our older age group, the age of 60 to 69 years, actually are at 59% of those tribal members vaccinated in that age range. So far, we have over 2,600 of our enrolled members fully vaccinated, and we steadily are continuing to educate our public about the importance of the vaccine. It's our younger age group that we want to encourage. That That's our group we want to get in and get them vaccinated because their percentage is much lower than our older age group. I'm going to jump in here and ask you, are you noticing great hesitancy or is it a great demand at this point for vaccines? For us, it's the hesitancy. You know, the fear of the unknown, which I think was even brought about far back last year of testing, you know, people, you know, it, it was it was traumatic to, to be told you're positive. You know, there was some hesitancy and fear then, but also there is hesitancy and fear with the vaccine. I think we're at a good point with our equity of the vaccine, and we're very fortunate to be able to offer those the three uh, main vaccines, the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson. So right now, we want to build up the confidence, build up their knowledge about the vaccine, and for our tribal members to make an informed choice which vaccines they would choose to receive. Of course, 
the Pfizer is 12 and up, so that's pretty much a given for our, our younger age group and our young people that are 12 and above. But we do want, we do make it a point to share information to our public so they can decide which vaccine they choose for themselves. Let me ask you about access. I know that was that was a big topic uh, on a state level, and you talked about the process of getting the vaccine. Are these clinics, are they in, in, in all communities? How would you describe the access? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ms. Norwood. We have actually been, uh, our vaccine clinic has been held here at the Choctaw Health Center. It's in addition to our other services that we provide. You know, we have our own vaccine team that works four days out of the week, 10-hour days. So we've been mainly here, but in the last few weeks, we've actually taken our clinics on the road to our outlying communities. So that is, is something that we're making access, you know, we're making it available for one, we're making it geared towards the community, and we've actually, if we know that someone is maybe homebound, unable to leave their home for whatever reason, you know, say transportation may be the issue or they may be disabled and unable to leave their home to come here, uh, we make it a point to go to the home. If we know that in advance, we can plan and a nurse practitioner and a, reg- and a nurse will visit that individual in the home and give them the vaccine. Another something I've I've noticed um, happening a lot in Mississippi is the conversation about incentives. Where do you all stand there? Is there are there incentives for people to get vaccinated? And if so, what do those incentives look like? If not, is that also a part of the conversation? Actually, we've been very fortunate to have little goodies, you know, little things uh, that we can give, whether it's a sticker, some mask. Uh, it, it's kind of changed over the last couple of months. Stress balls, cups, things like that. We do have a little goodie bag that we provide when we give the vaccine. But our tribe, and this is on the tribal side, not the hospital side, they've actually offered a cash incentive for each dose of vaccine that uh, an individual receives. Oh, what's that cash incentive? It's actually uh, $50. Is that um, per person, per dose, or is it kind of like a raffle? How, how does it work? It's per dose. I received my first dose of Pfizer. I received a cash incentive of $50. And when I completed my second dose, I also received a cash incentive. And this has been for our tribal members and those that are employed with the tribe. And that incentive continues even today. Is there anything else? You know, we are uh, having our Choctaw Indian Fair this year, the second week of July, and we are planning to offer the vaccine on our fair date, four days of the fair. We've reached out to a couple of our partners, the VA, and also the Department of Health, so that we can work in tandem to offer this vaccine, not only to our tribal members, but to other fair goers that are not tribal members. So we're, we're, like I said, we're still at the big planning stages of this, but we're very excited to be planning for such an event. How many people do you expect might uh, show up to the event? Oh, gosh, the Choctaw Indian Fair, uh, 
it may not be quite the attendance that the state fair usually has, but I think we're, we're pretty close. I know it's in the thousands. And this is July. 14th okay. to the 17th, and we will be on the ground at the fair offering the vaccine. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.